All right, now to the next part I'm so excited about. It's so great to have you here as well as Church Online. We're so glad that you are with us. And uh, when we planned this a while ago, I was really, really excited because we are talking about relationships in the month of June. We're, we're doing a series called Some Assembly Required. And we've been using this lamp kind of as our, our signpost of the idea of you, you go shopping for something and you see the showroom version and you're excited to get it, but then you get this box with pieces and you have to build it. And that's true for our relationships. And we see that in parenting or marriage or, or even a business culture. You, you see something, you're like, I want that, but there's some work involved. And so um, we've been taking the last four weeks, last three weeks, we got one more next week and looking at different aspects. And so really simply week one, we talked about starting with God, uh, how there's kind of a correlation that those who are close to Jesus, stick with Jesus, have healthy life-giving relationships kind of comparatively to those who don't. Last week, we really talked about what, what our kids need from us, what, what our sons and daughters need from us and really what we needed from our parents, but ultimately what God wants to establish in our lives. And this week, I want to talk about uh, the hot topic in our culture, the one I think a lot of people want to know about, have questions about, which is relationships, romantic relationships, loving, being loved, and um, I'm so excited to have a conversation. I'm going to introduce a guest many of you saw online in a minute, but I just want to give a couple of bullet points about kind of where we stand, and, and you might be new to this faith journey, you might be new to church, you might be unfamiliar with what the Bible says, but, but I want to give you just a couple of thoughts about relationships, and then we're going to have a conversation uh, with Dr. Amy, who oversees Cornerstone Counseling here in just a second, but um, every week we've been talking about kind of our, our launch pad for this series is right out of Philippians, the Apostle Paul, when he was encouraging how to have healthy relationships, he basically said what we said week one in Philippians chapter two, verse five, he says, in your relationships with everybody, just have the same mindset or the same approach as Christ Jesus. And, and Jesus was notorious for pushing other people to the front, submitting, serving, and he said, if you do this, it's gonna really play out really well in your relationships. Now, we know it's, that's really great, but it's not always that simple. So we've been saying, we're not gonna shame you, we're not gonna browbeat you, but we wanna give you some practical tools. And so I wanna talk about relationships of the romantic type this week. And again, I think this will apply to everybody because you either probably want to be in one, are in one, have been in one, used to be in one, now you're just roommates. I don't know where you're at with that. Um, or you've been affected by a good one or a bad one one way or the other. And so uh, I think you're gonna take a lot from this conversation, but I just wanna give you three quick thoughts about relationships because in this day and age, in this culture, there's so many ideas, concepts, and, and where, where kind of the, the, the loudest voice is trending isn't necessarily what God has to say. And so what does the Bible say about relationships? So just real, three real quick thoughts until we before we get into the meet with, with Dr. Amy's. Number one, just wanna let you know that marriage was God's idea. This isn't something man came up with. In fact, of all the institutions that God established throughout the time in history in the Bible, marriage was the first one. It shows up on literally the, the second page. Uh, in Genesis chapter two, when we're uh, reading about the beginning of the time that God created things, the, the poetry of it, it says in verse 24 and 25, it says, this way a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and they will become one flesh, and that one flesh uh, means the, literally the two become one. We're gonna talk more about that in a minute, but, but they integrate their lives together. And so we see that God was the one who brought Eve to Adam, and, and it says in verse 25 that Adam and his wife Eve were naked and they were not ashamed. And, and that's not just physically true, but, but when the writers wrote that, they were talking about they, they, they exposed the most vulnerable parts of themselves across the board, and there was no shaming. They were safe, they were protected. And so the picture of a healthy relationship is in the context of a marriage where you can be vulnerable and you feel safe. 
Um, number two, another thought for marriage, uh, relationships is relationships. Marriage is actually God's plan for a long-term committed relationship. It's like, oh, I wanna be in it. Well, God created you to experience the fullness of that inside of a relationship, uh, of a marriage that hopefully at some point dating leads to a commitment. Um, and the danger with that is otherwise what you're trying to do is kind of get all the benefits of a commitment or a relationship without actually being fully committed. Uh, and so marriage was God's idea. In fact, Jesus, when he was referring back to Genesis chapter two, out of his own mouth in Matthew 19 says, uh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. And then he kind of adds this benediction or blessing over it. And he says, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And so we see that the, the, the picture of I wanna be with you forever isn't let's just hang out, let's just be roommates, but there's, there's a blessing and a protection that comes in marriage. And, and number three, and this is what we're gonna dive into for our, the rest of our time together, is that God's design for marriage is actually meant to provide safety. It's meant to provide freedom and love for both people. Safety, freedom, and love for both people. It's supposed to be a win-win situation where you make each other better, not crazy. And so we wanna talk about that and kind of dive in on that. And so um, you may not know this, but um, our church has a partnership with Cornerstone Consulting and Counseling uh, that goes back uh, almost 10 years. And that's uh, overseen by several counselors, but Dr. Amy Trout oversees that. Um, she has been in the counseling world for 30 years uh, as, a, as an educator at Christian University at the master's level uh, for 20 years. Um, and, uh, and so she's not just a counselor, clinical psychology and all those things, but from a biblical Christian background. And so I thought, who better to have a conversation with with somebody who gets what the Bible says and also 30 years of experience. And the thing that we have in common is a lot of the things we deal with as pastors and counselors are in the context of romantic relationships or some uh, facet thereof. In fact, a, more than ever, more of our energy, time, money, all of those things are going towards resources to help these types of relationships. And so rather than me just say, here's what God says or here's what I think, I wanted to bring an expert. So will you help me welcome to the stage um, Dr. Amy Trout. Thank you. Uh, and if you don't know her, she is amazing. And, uh, and so, Amy, I just have some questions. My, the heavy lifting is done on my end. You're here. And so we're going to talk about relationships. Um, why is it important to talk about this in church, first of all? We talked about being little learners, you know, place like that. Well, most of us are in relationships, right? right? I mean, right. We've, we've come from families where we've seen relationships, good or bad. Yep. Um, you know, relationship advice or help or counsel can really kind of apply across all domains of your life. So sure. marriage relationships are super important, but what we're gonna talk about today also can be extrapolated into other life Very good. relationships. And I'll just tell you my 20 years of, of ministry experience, and, and this is, again, not a shame or browbeating, but it seems like romantic relationships, even for Christians and believers, tend to be the one place that we kind of leave God out or push him to the side. We include him in a lot of other things, but we go, I'm gonna do this my way. And it sounds good or we're chasing something, but they also can lead to some of the greatest pains when we do that. And so we want to talk about this from a holistic, mm -hmm. spiritual, uh, emotional, physical uh, a place. And so one of the things I loved when we sat down and prepared this a couple weeks ago is you talked about the three aspects of a relationship. And you dig into this in the counseling world. Yeah. Talk, talk to them about that because I think this is just so simple but profound and brilliant. Okay, so um, there's really kind of three units to consider. There's the I, which is you, and then the, the you, which is the other person that you're in relationship with. But then as they commingle, and I think there's a picture, the we, the we is in the middle. And so you kind of have to think about all three parts. Obviously, you can't control the you, the other person, as much as we might want to. But we can do a lot. I mean, we're fully responsible for what happens with the I and, and 
part of that really does bleed into whatever that we is. I mean, we're half responsible in most cases for the we. Hmm. So that's a lot of power. You know, if we're struggling in a relationship and, you know, I know younger Amy, <laughs> I, w- I would try to change the other one, you know, so many times, you know, if you would just do things my way. Um, as I've grown and learned and been humbled over the years, you know, I, I realized that my, my yard needs to be clean. I need to work on the things that are going on inside of my heart And that trickles over in a significant way with whomever I'm in relationship with, for good or bad, depending on how hard I'm working. So good. I love what I love about that. You kind of we kind of put an image to what you came up with. Is the goal isn't to just lose I or to lose you? No. That that you get absorbed. It's just to make us stronger and grow the we. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, all three parts should be really solid. You know, in an ideal situation. Talk a little bit about the importance of really establishing the I before you even start thinking about a we. If you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know how in the Bible it talks about like taking the speck out of your brother's eye and there's a log in your own? Mm -hmm. So I've already admitted to that history with that. Um, But, you know, that's really important, like self-awareness and learning Mm -hmm. what's going on inside of us. It takes courage, it takes humility, and it takes honesty to really look inside and try to figure out, all right, what am I about? Where do I need to grow and stretch Mm -hmm. and change? Where am I just seriously fractured? Because, you know, we are. And to take those things to God as believers, allow his deep, deep love to really permeate those cracks and crevices, to help us shift in areas that we need to shift, to grow, to develop, to become a healthier, stronger, more self-aware, more honest, but also more honest in accepting the other for Mm. who they are, right? More gracious, by being filled with his grace, then we can kind of uh, not kind of, but then we can take that grace and live it out in love for the other, whom we're in relationship with. It's good. So essentially, we become like a vessel of grace, but we have to really bask in and absorb that grace individually. That's good. And I love that you said that. That's where um, I'm not a counselor in the counseling world, uh, but we kind of agree on the best, the kind of the key starting point for a healthy relationship is that strong eye. You talk about the source, like from, from counseling and yeah. where that, that, what that has to be. So the source, yeah. I mean, our identity as Christians, you know, our identity really needs to come from God. So our source needs to be the infilling from him is regarding who we are, regarding where we're broken. Lots of people have lots of ideas about those things, and we can be open to feedback. But in essence, we are nothing without the basis of our foundation in him as a child of God, as a created and deeply loved being um, who he delights in. I mean, yeah. I, th- I was thinking this morning about his delight. Yeah. And like, you know how little kids, you know, especially little kids, yeah. teenagers can be a little trickier to, to delight in sometimes, but little kids, you know, they're delightful. You watch them sleep. You can't wait till they wake up. They wake up, they do silly things. They're messy, they're chubby. They're, and it's you know, all cute. It's, you delight in yeah. them. Yeah. Even their naughtiness, you're kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But it's cute. I have a one-year-old. That's my world yeah. right now. Yeah. And think about that like as parents, as broken people who get triggered in ways that, we, you know, we don't, we can't control at times. We get tired, we get worn out. God doesn't. He doesn't tire of delighting in us. He doesn't get exasperated with us. It's good. He loves it's us. Good. And so to really allow that to permeate who we are. So good. And then that, allow that to flow through us and, and allow that to I love that you color talk about, the we part. That yeah, I love that in. you talk about even from the psychological standpoint, like you have to be plugged and filled in by a source that yeah. our partner can't be expected to be the source for all of our needs. And that becomes pitfalls. We, want, we don't have time to get into that, but... Yeah. When you rely on the, the other partner to become the source for all of your needs. Oh, I mean, you're destined for failure, right? I mean, I, mean, I think we've all probably done that before in different ways. But yep. yeah, I mean, we, our source should be receiving That's that good. from God. And then we can, the, the subject of, who, of how, we, how we move that 
that grace and that goodness good. can be our partner. So for the next 25 minutes, we're gonna be talking about how do we build a stronger we? How do we yeah. get that? And so I, I know that you love to start with the idea of perspective, mm, the, yeah. the importance of perspective. And you, you just shared some just really great things that I think will be really helpful tools for all of us. So talk about perspective. Okay, so when my older girls were little, we used to do these paintings. And one time we did a still life. All three of us sat at the table and we all painted what we saw. And so still life, something's sitting there. Yeah. You're sitting in different places, but all painting. That's right. Got it. Okay. At the kitchen table. I'm not an artist, so I need dummies. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm not you. either, really. Yeah. So we chose different colors, different shapes. Obviously, our perspective was incredibly different. So after we were all done, we switched seats. We switched seats twice so that we could see what the other saw. And then one of my children is very artistic. So this kind of tempered her criticism, her inner critic. We hung all three on the wall. And then we could value and see how the other saw. It's different from what we saw. There's diversity in our views and in our color choices and whatnot, but we could value it. And I think that is so important in relationships. That is probably one of the most important things in successful relationships is being able to step into the other's chair, shoes. Wow. You know, being able to have that perspective shift and go, okay, I know how I feel about a situation, but let me hear, let me listen well to what's going on for you. And let me try to understand it mm. as you, not as me, but as you. Mm, that's really good. So you're, you're using your fancy counseling word, empathy. Yeah. You're saying empathy. perspective is necessary. The fight for perspective, somebody else's, is essential to gain empathy and compassion. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. So how do we fight that or how do we lose that? Like what, you know, when we diminish you, you I love that you were talking about the winning, losing, right versus wrong. Like where does yeah. that fit? Where, if anywhere, does that fit? in the fight for perspective as we try to grow our love and strengthen the we aspect of the relationship. Yeah, so with the we, I think a, a strong commitment to even the language of like, we're on the same team, I'm on your team. Mm. That is very important, especially when things are starting to kind of defragment in a conversation, you know, reminding yourselves, grabbing the hand next to you and saying, whoa, 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 hang on. We're in different places, but we're on the same team. We're fighting the same battle. Like mm. the goal, the mission here is that we are united. We can have differences. We can agree to di disagree. Yeah. But in the end, we want to be okay. We want to make sure that we're not hurting each other. We're not throwing swords. There is no winner. If, if there's a fight wow. and someone feels like they've won. We lose every time. We is fractured. So it's not, it's not overstating it to say, if I win, we lose. Absolutely. Whichever I on the... I or you. Absolutely not. You know, and I'll give you Should an example. Should we just pray now? Should we just have an altar call, <laughs> like call it good? So, you know, it takes kind of tempering our own defensiveness. Mm. I'll give you an example that's not a romantic relationship. I have an adult daughter that lives with me. And she believes, and she's pretty good at reading people's faces, body language, right? So I'll try to connect with her. We have very different viewpoints on things. But even today, we, uh, we were trying, I was trying to listen to her, to respect her, to really kind of hear her perspective on something. And she's like, you don't like what I'm saying. I said, no, no, I'm fine. Keep going. Let me, tell me more about it. She's like, mom, it's all over your face. What? I'm like, no, it's not. I have a really good poker face, but I don't. So I'm a doctor. I do this for a living. <laughs> out the window. You know, our kids have That really... never works at home, does yeah, it? No. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Now, what I wanted to do is like, well, if you don't want to tell me, you know, fine. I'm trying to listen to you. You know, I'm trying to connect. I don't really agree. But I, I just said, you know what? Give me a second because my self-awareness was low mm. in that moment. Mm. I hadn't taken the time. I'm trying so hard to connect with her. I hadn't taken the time to do a self-check. But it's okay to adopt a language. Sometimes just a couple of phrases in your repertoire really help. I pulled out, give me a few minutes to think about my reaction to this. I want to be honest in my reaction. I don't want to react right away, but I want to be honest. 
So you just caught yourself in the moment and said, I'm not doing what I want to do. Give me a minute. I'm going to try better. I need to think, I need to think so through what I'm, what's really going on inside me because I really was having a reaction. Wow. But I, I didn't want she to. She saw it, but you didn't. She saw it, but I didn't. Wow. So I went back, thought about it, came back and re-engaged, said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I would rather suspend my reaction, my belief about what you're talking about until I hear you out fully because I love you and care about you. Wow. And I could be wrong. That's really good. So, but it just took shifting what so I, my normal good. communication. Wait, okay, so you just hit the hot word. Perspective, uh, one of the biggest tools for perspective is communication. Oh, absolutely. So talk about the role of communication, like the, just the importance of expressing, listening. Where does that fit? So we, we have to understand what's going on inside of us. Okay. You know, especially in difficult times, it can be really hard to not let emotions be the driver of our behaviors. So we need to Wait, what? slow it Say down. Say that again. <laughs> we can't let... Say emotions drive our behaviors. Well, that's not what I see on Facebook. Ah, Corey, you did not. <laughs> I can't help myself. So you're saying to have a healthy relationship, manage my emotions. So you know the proverb of like slow to speak, slow yeah. to anger. That's yeah. kind of Quick important. Quick to listen. Yeah. It's kind of okay. important, right? Yeah. So that works in your world too? I mean, it works, yeah, when Everywhere. I use it. Slow to be angry? Yeah, all that. Okay. So uh, how, give, um, so Stephen Covey, I love, talks about different levels of listening. Talk about uh, the right approach to listening. Listen to versus maybe a not great approach to listening. Well, if you're listening to somehow, and I, I, I've never done this in my life, <laughs> if you're listening to somehow get fuel to really kind of bounce back your argument, because that's like so respond. fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably not great listening. Like, keep talking. Now you're just fueling my... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hang okay. on. I got yeah. I got I So listening, argument. my point is listening alone isn't the goal. It's a starting point. No, but no. But there's healthy listening and unhealthy listening. Well, you want to listen with a heart towards understanding, Understand. Right? So listen with the intent to understand. Absolutely. And that takes that takes really working to sit in their chair, yeah. metaphorically. So shameless plug for also being fully present in those conversations. Oh, it's hard to understand absolutely. if you're this and that. And Well, it doesn't communicate a lot of loving respect to the other person either. Fantastic. Um, and also, would you agree, one of my pastor mentors talked to me, one of the wins in a relationship is just never stop talking. Right. Like the idea of just keep, keep the conversation going, even if it doesn't go well, let's come back to it. Well, yeah, and yes, like, no. it's great to be honest about what you're sharing, but yep. also, I don't love the word, but it's the only thing that comes to mind right now, you need to be strategic about your messaging. So if you know what you're facing is difficult, let's say there's a real hot topic in right. front of us, and it's, right. gonna, it's a potential landmine, communicating um, really well about what you're trying to say instead of... Uh, going in just all honest, all out there, all, you know. I'm kind of figuring out what I say on the fly. <laughs> right, the best right. Idea. Like you want to kind of be sensitive to, because of the we, because of the goal is the we, right? Being sensitive to your audience, which is your partner. And then when you're listening to what they're saying, you know, also trying to be sensitive to where they're coming from. I'm not saying, listen, if both people are doing this, this is magic. If one person is doing this, this is hard. It's not it's impossible, good. but it's hard. But if it's both good. people are doing this, this can transform communication completely. So we want to give a couple practical tools. We talked about a couple communication no-nos. Yeah. And so I want to walk through these, and you can kind of tell me why, why and where this breaks down. So for those of you who are like, give me some no-nos or some tools. Here's some things not to do. One communication no-no is the idea of, I'm sorry if I offended you, or I'm sorry if I hurt you. Why is that not great? <laughs> well, We're about to step on some toes, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So I we'll mean, just look at each other for a minute. Okay, okay. okay. Um, it doesn't really communicate care and respect, right? It, it's right. kind of saying like, you're a little sensitive. You're easily I don't know what's offended. Wrong with you. This yeah. wouldn't have hurt other people, right, but you're right, kind right. of a yeah, wuss, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. I and mean, even that's if they are, you still can be sorry, like that they're hurt. Yeah, even, even if, if they you've are married sensitive. a highly sensitive person, right? Like you still can be sorry because you know that about them by this point, right? That's good. So we're not. We're gonna take the word "if" out of our apologies. That's pretty good. So <laughs> communication. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> communication. No, no. Number two. I said I'm sorry. I didn't even say I'm sorry if. 
why are you still upset? E. Yeah, that's e. Really, e. really dismissive, right? I did my part. Yeah. What's up? Right? That's kind of what that's saying. It's pretty insensitive. Why? Well, because if there is still an issue in the person, right, it, it doesn't really communicate care again yeah. And, yeah. A, and a we focus. Yeah. So something in us is broken mm. if something in you is not okay. So good. Doesn't mean I have to fix what's in you, but I have to care. Right. Okay, so you don't have to fix, you don't have to justify, you don't have to rationale, but listening, listening with care, how can I help might be a better response. You know, if you really have apologized, like I really meant that apology, but you know, how can I help us get over so this painful thing? Yeah. It's between us. It's kind of fair when we say that, why are you still upset? It's basically like saying, I've done my part, you should be fine now, so there's clearly something wrong with you. Sure. But even if that's the case, Let's build the we, right, is what you're saying. Absolutely. So that leads to um, something that I kind of came up with. We ran through this, and you, you said you like this. And one of the, one of the things that I've uh, kind of discovered in my, my years of doing this is often these disconnects in perspective and in communication have to do with what I call the expectation gap. Mm -hmm. This is my version of all the stuff I've seen and read in counseling. And so I've, I've made this graphic. And so it's this idea that um, all of us come in with expectations of a relationship. I expect them to say this, do this, be this way, from folding shirts to... Um, way more intimate stuff, you yeah. know, bedroom or yeah. how we spend money, those yeah. types of things. And so what I find is that the, the further the, the distance between expectation and what really happens, the bigger the gap. Mm -hmm. And my experience, and I think you would back this up from psychology, from counseling, is that gap doesn't get filled with joy and great memories. Right. It gets filled with hurt, anger, disappointment, mm -hmm. frustration, uh, fill, like all negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And so for us, a goal is have clearly express our expectations mm -hmm. and then try to work towards that. And I think that's a great way to work towards perspective and communication. Would you agree? Absolutely. And my experience is often that gap happens because, well, I expected something, but most often those gaps are created because the expectations kind of lack one of three things. They're either unrealistic, mm -hmm. like I expect you to do all the work and I'll just like be out on the lanai and bring me another soda. You yeah. know, that's probably unrealistic. Um, or they're uncommunicated. Again, like I thought we were going to do this. Well, that would be great for me to know. I'm sure no other couple's ever had that conversation, right? Or they're just unagreed upon. Mm -hmm. Like I thought, again, I thought you were going to do this. I thought it was going to be this, but we never talked about it. You never communicated. It's super not realistic. Or we never agreed upon it. And if you can just, often I think for me, this has helped when I get frustrated to go, if I'm frustrated or angry or disappointed, what did I expect? Where's the gap? And is my, realist, is my expectation realistic? Has it been agreed upon or has it been communicated? Mm -hmm. That's a filter for me mm -hmm. to have a better conversation. Most of the time I filter it out. And, if, and then the few times I can kind of go, hey, help me understand versus woman, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, or whatever the case may be. Um, <laughs> not her, my wife, Rebecca. If I, ever, if I even ever dressed her as woman, like I'd be calling one of you to like stay at your place for a while. So uh, Bobby, it's me again. Uh, so... There were two things that you really wanted to hit in this conversation, kind of two things that, we, that you say healthy relationships should provide two things. I kind of, it was kind of number point three in my thing, but we really want to talk about this, uh, is safety and freedom. Right. Like You were like, man, you're, I'm passionate about it. You've seen it for 30 years. You teach it. You talk about it. Yeah. Talk about safety and freedom, because this was when we were getting into this, I thought this was so good. And, and is it fair to say that a God-centered relationship, his desire for us is to experience safety and freedom within the relationship. Absolutely. So safety, I think, you know, creating a culture of safety should be a relationship goal. Hashtag relationship goals. Hashtag right? goals. Yeah. Um, but we're a still cool. We're yeah. old, but we're cool. <laughs> no, we're not cool. Um, but, you know, the, the safety, not only physical safety, that's sort of a given, but emotional and relational safety. So feeling like you can be heard, you can be broken, you can be fragile, 
you can fail, you can step on toes, you can receive grace, you mm. can offer it. So all of those things that you navigate through together because we're just sort of broken people yeah. in the world in a relationship, it's not gonna be easy. But having that safety, so I know what you want me to talk about, the okay. table, the yeah. sanctuary, okay. Yes. Well, okay, yeah, I do, but before that, okay. I do wanna talk about the table, because this is unbelievable. If I didn't know you as a friend and I just went to church here, I would probably, if, and I wanted more health in my relationship, I would say, what are some things I can do to create more emotional safety? I, I'd be asking from the husband, the guy side, but I think both sure. parties would want to know that. Sure. What are a couple things we can do to create emotional safety in a relationship? So really slow down. I think with that communications gap. What'd you say? Oh. Slow down, slow down. You know, defensive responses really don't work I know. too well. Um, slow down, um, you know, when I was thinking about the relationship or the expectations gap just now, I was remembering, you know, also just really being patient with each other, mm. um, you know, because maybe it was Did communicated. Did I read somewhere that love is patient? <laughs> was that in one of your books? Oh, no, it was Jesus. Okay. It's not my book. You know, and, and like reminding, like maybe, maybe something was communi communicated clearly mm. and maybe, maybe someone forgot. Right, so really slowing up, collaborating. It's it's a collaborative process together. Mm -hmm. So to me, like those things are super important. We're a team. So We're a team. so like language, like my way or the highway, because I said so. Like not amazing at this. It's not great. Okay. It's not great. Less laughs and amens on that one. Okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, so talk. So you were explaining what you guys did in your home, and I just yeah. thought this was f incredible. Yeah. So talk about. Sanctuary, because this okay. was phenomenal. So when you're creating a, a culture of safety, you know, a safe culture um, in your we, in your marriage, um, the example came to mind where we had a blended family and four teenagers, and four teenagers in a blended family aren't easy. So um, there were always little tiffs and rifts that were happening behind the scenes, and we'd hear door slams, and we'd hear, you know, words yelled, but we didn't really know what was going on. But after dinner at night, we would sit down and ask. This was night. once in a while, every night? No, this was every night. So you, every night? We had time for sanctuary every night. You did it every night? People didn't take advantage of it every night. Holy smokes. We had time for sanctuary every night. Sanctuary could be a minute. But it was time to reflect on what's going on. What can we all do to improve? What do we need that we're not getting? And this was for the kids. This was really for the kids. Now, we would chime in too. But, um, and it was a place where there was, there was no... No anger was really allowed. You weren't allowed to get annoyed and storm off. That didn't mean it didn't happen, but it was the standard, the, the, the culture of safety. You were creating a safe place to say what I feel, what I experienced. Say what you feel, and you're going to be heard. Mm. You're going to be heard. And sometimes, you know, we'd have to take a kid on a walk separately to create sanctuary if we could tell something was going on and they weren't sharing there. We'd have to do a one-off. And, you know, but um, we were trying to make sure that people had a place to be heard, a place that they could say anything, and a place that they could be respected for who they were, Diversity mattered. Diversity in your marriage matters. Um, we're different. We're different so people. Good. And so, like, we have to value that, you know, you may leave things differently than I leave them or whatever. I also think it's super important to really identify, like, in my language, it's like a 10% thing, but there's 90% of things that really aren't going to freak me out, but there's 10% that will. Younger Amy, it was, like, probably the opposite. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now, you know, so knowing my 10%, what's mm. my 10%? What am I going to go to the mat over? Yeah. And being able to communicate yeah. those ahead of time. Like, I don't care if you leave your socks there, or you don't sort the laundry, or you don't empty the dishwasher, but I really, really care about this. Yeah. Kitchen table needs to be cleaned off because I hate right. clutter on the table. You know, whatever it is. So, but just, you know, having that freedom to... So for that sanctuary time, you could even talk about what your 10% was. What's your 10%? How are we stepping on your 10% and disrespecting you without really meaning to? Because really we forget. Good. 
I just realized one of my 10% is the girls love to leave cupboards open. I'm like, are we saving this for later? Like, just close it. What are we doing? So there you go. So you can you have a language to talk about that now at home, we'll Corey. We'll talk later, This babe. is one of my 10%. <laughs> it's not news. It's not news. She just thinks it's silly that I would make it into my 10%, probably. <laughs> probably. She's like, there's bigger hills. I'm like, not for me. Um, just close it. Um, Gives you something so to do at home. Safety, yeah. Because I'm so bored. Uh, safety. Talk a little bit about freedom. Freedom. Freedom to to be authentic, really, with one another, but also that that can include to extend grace, to receive grace, to have fun and enjoyment. I mean, as long as there's a culture of safety, what happens within that culture, it's the sky's the limit. It really is up to you as a couple. So the safety to explore life, to explore each other, to engage, to whatever, the, whatever you need to do as a unit to build up your we, that's the freedom. That's the really freedom good. That. That's really, really good. And would you agree both of these are a journey? Like the longer you're in a relationship, Seasons come, kids come, financial, uh, money, uh, physical intimacy, all those things. There's the safety, what's, and, and the freedom it changes, it morphs. Absolutely. That's why you got to keep talking, right? Like you got to keep okay. figuring it so out. So we should expect, like, not just, well, we established this the first six months of our marriage, or this is what we did before no kids. Like, keep yeah. that conversation going, right? Yeah, yeah. Things need to evolve as the marriage develops over time. So really kind of four keys, and we're going to kind of end with the progression, but four keys you're saying, like, Again, how can I have health? How can I have love? How can I have uh, the, the fulfilling relationship God wants me to have? As we're talking about fight for perspective. Right. We do that through communication. Absolutely. And, and in doing so, we want to pr- provide safety physically, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. and freedom in all those ways as well. Absolutely. And the way we do that is we, that goes back to perspective, the communication. And it's not to lose the I and not to lose the you, but build a better, stronger we. And, and if there's ever, a, when there's differences, if any time I or you win, we always lose. That's right. That's right. That, I'm That's trying to pay attention. Right. And it all starts, now, I've gotten to have this conversation. I'm wrong. Okay. I mean, it really does. It all, so starts good. With, it all starts with what we are bringing into the relationship. And, and that's all of our relationships. So good. We can be that impetus for change. It doesn't mean it will necessarily change, but we can be the impetus. So we, we have responsibility to bring our full, fullest, healthiest, most plugged in selves. Love it. Okay, so the last few minutes we have together, we talked about kind of going through the progression of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Just want to give her, I know different ones of us are probably in different type, times or seasons of, of relationships. So we want to kind of move from, I, I want to be in one, but I'm not, to I'm in one, it's good, I'm, it's not good, or, or it, there's kind of a fourth level. And so just kind of shotgun, give us a couple of thoughts from your mm-hmm. 30 years perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you've written, you've coached, you've counseled, you've educated, you, uh, all those things. Uh, kind of the four phases of relationship. Let's go with the first one, is, is starting out, like, I want, to be in a, I want to be in a relationship. I'm not right now. Yeah. And I want to maybe avoid some pitfalls. I want to be as ready as I can be. What would you say to somebody who came into your office and says, I'm thinking about this or I'm interested in it. Give me some things I should think about so I can start well. So really learning to understand the, the landscape of yourself, okay. right? So what are you looking for? What are you wanting? What are you needing? What are your non-negotiables? What are you bringing to the table? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your vulnerabilities? What are your signature sins? We all have them, right? So being very brutally honest with who you are, what you're looking for, what you're hoping for, so that you can have these really important conversations early on with that other person. You just said so many good things. You're saying know thyself, self-awareness. Absolutely. But I love that you said, you know, uh, the signature sins, like what are the non-negotiables and what do you bring to the table? Yeah. Um, I worked with a pastor who was really loud and he did all the counseling and so we would just laugh when he did counseling because he closed the door but it wouldn't matter. Um, and every time he'd have a couple come in for pre-marriage counseling, he would always look at the guy and he would go, now why should she marry you? <laughs> it's great. 
and you better have had a decent answer or he would eat you alive. Girl, if you were my daughter and he just said that, I would tell you to run out this office, go find you a real man. Uh, that pastor may or may not have spoken on this stage at one point. Um, but it's good. It's good to know. What do I want? What do I bring? Yeah. And because wouldn't you agree, if I feel so broken or so insecure, I don't have anything to bring. Right. I'm not probably ready to build a we then. Well, yeah. And if or you're looking I'm, for someone to complete heavy you, right? I mean, if you're looking for someone to fill you up and complete so you, good. like we should feel ideally uh, like we're solid. So like good. we are solid. We know who we are. We know what we're about. We may have a longing for another person to enhance or to give enhancement to, but not to complete. I really hate that line from that one movie. Come on. The complete you thing. Yes. Have you heard? You complete me? Yeah. What a bunch of crap. Drives me nuts. Yeah. So. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally had a counselor here to say that. I hate that. We've never even uh, talked about that before. Uh, no, we did. That was not planned. Okay, so starting out. Now let's move to the, maybe second phase of relationship. I'm in, a, I'm in a committed relationship. I'm in a marriage. It's healthy. It's mostly. Yeah. It's, I'm in a committed relationship. It's going well mostly. How do I keep it going? Give me some, uh, yeah. you know, maybe it's, been, maybe it's been a decade. Some kids yeah. are in there. How do I not lose the flame? How do we get it to where we still want to be around each other when the kids are gone and we're older and don't look like we did when they're wedding yeah, yeah, yeah. pictures? Define the way. Define the we. What are we about? Who do we want to be? Values. Almost like, like a mission statement yeah. as a couple, right? Like define the we. And then reassess, you know, I mean, I would do it periodically, honestly, but have a reassessment model of, you know, how do we continue to redefine the we and to support the we that we want to become? So what do we need to shift? What do we need to change? What can I do better? How can, you know, what do you need from me? So I would say we're not amazing at this, but here's one thing we do, and maybe you can tell me if this is good or bad. I feel like we, at every New Year's, we always set some individual goals and some family goals. Yeah. And then that next year we come back, we look at our old ones, mm -hmm. we do sparkling grape juice with the kids, and then we set some new goals. Like that would be a, a, a way of reassessing. We sure. said we wanted to do this. Some of them are individual, some of yeah. them are family goals, family vacation. Is that like a version of what you're saying? One, Absolutely, okay. so and it's marked like that, by a nice holiday. Marked by a yeah. holiday, you're saying do that on a regular basis. Okay, so let's move to maybe these last couple is, is maybe people who, are identifying with this really would, would benefit from this conversation. I'm in a committed relationship and it's not going well. Yeah. So first of all, that's incredibly painful. Yes. That's, I mean, you know, so the pain of being the one that is in a relationship with someone that you feel like it's just, it's just dying on the vine despite efforts, you know, that's, that's, that's a horrible feeling. What all you can do is take care of you, mm. take care of your eye, continue to receive from the Lord your true value, your true identity. I would say at that point, you know, if that I, we thing, I mean, if, you know, that's, you can bring 50%, but you can't, you can't take care of the other 50%. So if the other person is not willing to listen, willing to hear, if you're working on you and trying to communicate well and express your needs and trying to listen well, but it's just, it's just not working. It's falling flat. It's, it's collapsing around you. I would say seek, um, Godly support. That's where kind of we come in. You know, God, yeah, godly support. Seek some, you know, wisdom from people yep. apart from, you know, that's not closely interlinked to your world. Um, and, and really seek the Lord. There are no right outcomes. There are no right answers. Mm -hmm. um, and by that, you mean there's no one right answer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, there's different paths that obviously, yeah. you know, but, but you can still emerge from incredibly painful circumstances, wow. standing strong. Wow. Shining his love. Wow. Believing in your full value and identity in him. And, and still have something to bring to shine to the world and to future relationships, even if the ideal circumstance doesn't so work good. out. So good. So yeah. good. And you've seen that time and time again. Yeah. That's incredibly hopeful. Now, 
every time we talk about this, I can't not give a caveat to the person who might be sitting here listening or watching, listening, and sanctuary is broken. Yep. Safety's out. Yep. I mean, physical safety and or emotional safety. First of all, I think we see eye to eye. If you're in physical danger, if your children are in physical danger, this isn't a time for grace. No, no, leave now leave and now. figure it out later. Leave now. Leave now, protect. Get protect, safe. Protect. Go somewhere. Absolutely. If physically, if there's a danger. Uh, and so sometimes it's easy to sit in church and go, I just need to serve more. If you're in danger, we are not saying serve more. We're saying run. Yeah. And then let's get some help and figure it and, out. And right? pull Both a team around you. That. Yeah, we will, we will team around you. And, and you get... you. Let someone hold your arms yep. up at that point. 100%. If I think of Moses on the mountain, right? Like, let someone come alongside and, and if help that's you fight you, that battle. We have counselors, pastors, a care department, and we're partnered with some of the greatest resources in the city, and we want to help you. Yes. Uh, there's no shame. There's no browbeating, but we got to get you safe. No way. Now, emotionally is where it gets a little more nebulous. So that's probably I think where you guys come in. Emotionally, you know, am I safe? Am I not? People know when their sense of self is shrinking mm -hmm. and dying mm -hmm. due to their other. Okay, so the influences, you can you can work hard against it, you can be, but but when you feel like you are diminishing to the point of no return. Yeah, it's good. It's time to to really assess the reality of the health and what yep. you need to do to get yourself healthy. Yep. And if you're not sure where you're at, that's where somebody from the outside that's not emotionally in it, Absolutely. giving some question Super and perspective important. can really help. Okay. Yeah. Last one as, as we close and, and um, kind of leads us to where we want to end this conversation. Well, what would you say to the, the person who might be watching, might be sitting here going, I'm damaged goods. Yeah. I got too much baggage. I'm unlovable. Yeah. I'm too broken. I'm fragile. Mm. That one that's going, I kind of ran my race and it didn't work out. And I don't know if I have any more juice in the tank. Right, right. Well, you know, it can be very tempting to turn to other things to fill that, right? Other relationships, even if they're less than home, you know. Um, substances, you know, all the yep. different things that we Typically, can Typically, substances to. and relationships are two of the main go-tos in our experience. They're correct? easy. Yep. They're yep. easy to grab, yep. and, and they work short-term, right? So right. Um, I would say the same thing that we've said kind of through this whole conversation, Corey. The most important thing is to build a healthy eye, to build a healthy mm -hmm. sense of self with your identity grounded, where you feel strong, you feel like you can walk with your head held high, you feel completely humble, but in Christ, complete as a human. Come on. So... Get shored up. Let people come around you that can help do that for you. Um, it's not an impossible task. It's work, but it's beautiful work. It's wow. work like, you know how when you do a remodeling project, it gets so flipping messy. Yes, and it gets worse first. It's horrible. Yeah. But then in the end, wow. what a great you picture. have beauty. You've invested yeah. time and energy and resources into this beautiful, new, livable space. Let, let God renovate you. That's so good. I love that you said get back to the eye. And really go back to the, get back plugged into your, don't go to somebody else or something else to be your healer. Go to the healer Absolutely. to be your healer. And, and we've seen some pretty extreme situations. You way more than I have. But when people Absolutely. let God do that, he really does take ashes and make them beautiful. Absolutely. He really can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Because he knows us. He made yeah. us in the first place, so right? Good. So like, yeah. So your final kind of, that kind of leads to your final statement. The, you, you were talking, like if you could leave us with one final thought just in general. There's hope. I'll There's hope that. for us as individuals. There's hope for our relationships. But regardless of, of how life plays out in our worlds, there's hope. And we can plug into the deep, rich, amazing, unfathomable love of God. And we can take that love and pour it out in the world in all of our relationships across all domains and, and be the light that, that he's created us to be. 
despite our fractures, not, not really despite because of our fractures. Wow. Because if we didn't have need, we wouldn't look upward. So mm-hmm. there's hope. I love that. There's hope. So as we close, a uh, little bit different than normal, but um, rather than just show you scripture in your relationships, be like Jesus. Well, that's easy to say. Again, we want to drill down the conversation, give you some thoughts, some tools. Uh, again, these, these principles work, like you said, with your adult children, your young children, not just romantic relationship, but fight for perspective, never stop talking, yeah. create safety, create freedom. And maybe this week is, is, and this conversation is your permission to create that marker to go, let's do an assessment. Mm. Let's start at home. And maybe that works. And if we can't agree on any of it, let's call her. Don't call me, call her. Um, yeah, call. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you there. Um, but I love that you said there's hope because there really is. I mean, it's the most powerful, beautiful thing to watch God do that. And when we put him in it, he really can. Even if the we doesn't ever look the same, sometimes right. it does, sometimes it right. doesn't. I can be whole, I can be restored, I can be reconciled. I mean, wouldn't you completely agree Absolutely. with that? Absolutely, we can rewrite the narrative. So as we close uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, did you guys enjoy having Dr. Amy? Uh, so thank good, you. so good. Um, and, and anytime you need help, when we refer you to counseling, Dr. Amy and her team right here at the house on our campus, we've been partners for almost a decade, yeah. uh, incredible. Um, want to close in prayer, and I just want to pray in two areas. Number one, just want to pray for hope and grace in your relationships, for grace. Uh, but also every weekend, we know people are coming in that maybe you may be hurting, you may be looking for just any sort of hope, and uh, maybe the first thing that we talked about is what you needed to hear this weekend is that it has to start with God. Like it has to start with getting plugged in and, and being okay with yourself. And, and that comes through a relationship and it's as easy as inviting him into your life. And, and as I pray, you can just make that decision. Um, we make it really easy here. You make that prayer. You, you just take your phone and you text Cape Yes. Uh, you text nine to 94,000 and we're gonna follow up with you. We're gonna walk with you. We're gonna, we're gonna plug into God with you. And so if you need to, to start a relationship with God, we've made that easy. And for those of us who wanna get better, I just wanna say a prayer over us and then, uh, and then we'll go live this out. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this, this weekend, this time, this conversation. And God, I pray that we would experience the joy, the fulfillment, the safety, the freedom uh, that you've created in relationships. I thank you that marriage was your idea, uh, that it, it doesn't have to be a drain, but it can be a joy. And I pray that we would be the types of people that experience that. Um, and so God, I pray for grace and I pray for hope into our relationships, wherever we're at in the spectrum. Um, I pray that you've, you've given us stuff that we can not just hear, but that we can apply and help enhance uh, just the relationships that we have. Um, thank you for Dr. Amy and the work that she's doing. We pray that you would bless her, bless her team, uh, and continue to use them as a, in a light in our community uh, as we just try to love God and love people to the best of our ability. Uh, thank you for this, this opportunity this weekend in Jesus' name.